The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter then came out with the other disciple, and they went towards the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying and the napkin, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. The Gospel of the Lord. So today we celebrate the Apostle St. John, the disciple whom Jesus loved. What a wonderful title to have in the Gospels, the disciple whom Jesus loved. One interpretation of why St. John uses this description of himself is because this is the most profound uh, thing about his encounter with Christ, the thing he was most amazed by, the thing he was most enraptured by, was the fact that he was loved by God, the fact that when the Lord came, he was loved by Christ. And it is now how that love has transformed him even in the way he sees himself. The way he describes himself is simply as the one whom Jesus loved. This is the profound encounter that he had with the Lord and what he is encouraging all of us to come to understand, that we are all the disciples whom Jesus has loved. This is the beautiful mystery of the incarnation, the motivation behind the Lord becoming incarnate, which we have celebrated and are still in the season of. It is love. Love has drawn the Lord from heaven to earth, love for sinners, love for all of us. And it is an encounter with this love that we are called to, not only just on a once-off, but to be completely immersed in, so that we see ourselves as St. John did, according to the love of Christ. That's how he saw himself. What a beautiful apostle. He was there right from the beginning of the Lord's public ministry on the shores of the Jordan when the Baptist pointed out the Lamb of God. He and Andrew then went and followed the Lord, and they each in turn went to call their brothers. They were this initiating spark that began the other and the rest of the flame that was the accumulation of the apostles and disciples. They were the ones who responded first. St. Thomas Aquinas, he notes that the Lord desired that there would be those who followed him spontaneously first before there were others whom he then called. 
And so the Lord waited for St. John and for St. Andrew to follow him spontaneously without being called by him. They saw something in the Lord through the words of the prophet John the Baptist, and they went and followed in this spontaneous act of love. And then when the Lord turns his face towards them and says, what do you seek? They say, where do you dwell? Where do you live? And the Lord says to them those beautiful words, come and see. And so then they go and they follow the Lord after that moment, inspiring others to come to Christ. And so right from the beginning, from those moments of the beginning of the Lord's public ministry, St. John was there. He was also there when others were not, at the foot of the cross, when all of the other apostles and disciples had fallen away, apart from a small group of women gathered around Our Lady, St. John also stood there firm in this conviction of Christ's love for him and his love for Christ. He knew he didn't have to do or say anything in the passion. He simply had to be there for the Lord. He knew the wonderful power of what it is simply to be present to another person because he marveled at the great mystery of the God who had been present to him and who was with him and who was suffering and dying. That's the power of the contemplative life. The active life doesn't know what to do when activity is squashed. And so those who represent the active life at the moment of the crucifixion, they have nothing to do and they cannot simply be in the presence of the Lord. But the contemplatives can be there, contemplating the great mystery of what is happening before them in love and in sorrow. They're able to experience the tragedy and take it into their soul and suffer with Christ and contemplate his activity. And so the contemplative life is able to endure longer than the active life. This is another interpretation that St. Thomas Aquinas has on the two apostles, Peter and John, which we often see working together, Peter representing the active life and John the contemplative life. And St. Thomas Aquinas has an interesting statement. He says that while Peter might love the Lord more than John loves the Lord, because we see Peter's response is always this spontaneous movement towards Christ. He doesn't think, he just acts. <laughs> and so he manifests in a certain sense a greater intense love for the Lord. But St. Thomas says something interesting. He says, but the Lord loves John more than Peter, not necessarily in the persons themselves, but in what they represent, which is the active life and the contemplative life. And the reason St. Thomas Aquinas gives for this is he says, because the active life passes away with this life, but the contemplative life goes on for eternity. And so that is what St. John manifests and what he represents. And so this wonderful contemplative that we then also find at the foot of the cross with the Lord, while the church is entrusted to St. Peter, Our Lady is trusted to St. John. And so St. John receives Our Lady at the foot of the cross. He learns from her the contemplative life. And then we move to the morning here of the resurrection, where we again see Peter and John together. And Mary Magdalene comes rushing with that news of the resurrection, the news that the Lord has been taken. Where is he? 
And so again, she unaware that the Lord has already been raised, but that his body is simply gone, comes to them with that mystery. And so the two disciples head out. And again, we see what happens in the active and the contemplative life, but it is also something important for the contemplative life. Because one thing that some of the commentators note is that although John arrives at the mystery first, being the contemplative, although it is done through a, an exterior activity, he runs faster than Peter, representing how the contemplative life is able to move into the mysteries more quickly and more deeply, but he still submits himself to Peter. He doesn't enter in until Peter arrives, and then Peter goes in first. And so that is another important principle for the contemplative life. It is that it is always under the governance of the church for the definition of dog doctrine and dogma. And so this contemplative life submits itself to the authority of the church. And this is what we see when John waits for Peter to enter into the mystery first, and then he follows in afterwards. Later then, as we have in the first reading for today, we have some of St. John's reminiscing over the encounter with Christ, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, with which we have looked upon and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. He's still so overcome with the mystery of the incarnation that he was able to see God, that he was able to touch God, that he was able to dwell and live and move and be with God so intimately as he was with Christ. Not only was he one of the first to be called, well, to come to the Lord, but he was also the last of the apostles to die. He had a life then lived with Our Lady in Ephesus, a life of contemplation, a life of preaching. There's an old tradition that said that when the early Christians used to make pilgrimages to go out and see the Apostle John. They would make these pilgrimages from all over the regions to which Christianity had already spread. And they would make these great journeys by foot, taking them weeks, months sometimes, to come to see the Apostle John. And he would come out, and the only preaching that was recorded from that time that he would give them at the end of his life, and it sounds very similar to the Curé of ours, is he would come out from his little cave and he would preach to the multitude that, would, that was there and he would say, little children love one another. And then he would go back inside. And everyone would have made the journey for that preaching, but they were also struck by it because they knew the depths of the love that existed in him. They knew that he saw himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. And they knew that love is the all-embracing principle of our encounter with the Incarnation that we are called, like the apostle, to be taken up into this experience of love and to preach our encounter of love with Jesus Christ. Amen.